Good morning. If you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 3. Everybody grab a Bible. I'd love for you to all see this today. As you're turning there, uh, I do want to make mention, uh, as, as Will said, we do have our annual meeting today, and as a result of that, uh, our service is abbreviated. Uh, we, we know that uh, we can only keep people here so long without feeding them lunch. And, uh, and so, uh, in lieu of lunch, we will have some refreshments in the courtyard, and then we'll come back in about 15 minutes thereafter and start our annual meeting. So we're going to uh, hopefully uh, end today's service about a half an hour earlier than, than regularly scheduled. And I do hope that all of you will come and attend. Uh, even those of you who are not members, you are more than welcome to come, to participate, to see what it's like uh, at Coast, uh, a little bit behind the scenes and some of the, the things that, uh, that we do. So I encourage all of you to, to make it today. Let's read from Luke uh, chapter 3. Would you please stand with me as we read? We're going to be in verse 15 and go till verse 22. Luke 3, verses 15 to 22. Now as the people were in expectation... And all reasoned in their hearts about John, John the Baptist, whether he was the Christ or not. And John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn, And the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations John preached to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch being rebuked by John concerning Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, also added this above all, that he shut John up in prison. Verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. Lord Jesus, we invite you. We invite your Holy Spirit, Lord, to come and to be with us and to fill us and to show us what you want in your word today. We come with open hearts and we thank you for enlightening our minds and we ask that you would teach us, give us a lesson, give us a word that would be fresh and new and that we would be able to take with us going forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Three lessons today, three lessons. They're simple lessons, um, but ones that I hope that we can uh, take with us uh, going forward. The first lesson, I'll be very brief about it, and actually it starts in the middle of the chapter, or in the middle of the reading that we had there. You'll notice verse 19, uh, Luke jets over to, to Herod and what had happened between Herod and John the Baptist. And essentially John the Baptist, uh, later on in the Gospel stories, 
will, uh, later on I should say in the chronology of, of the gospel stories, will rebuke Herod, and perhaps during his preaching, during the time uh, in near the Jordan River, John was calling out politicians. He's calling out politicians of the day and rebuking them and rulers of the day, rebuking them for their sins, rebuking them for the things that they were doing wrong. And he was calling out Herod for an inappropriate relationship that he was having with another family member. And so Herod, not liking that too much, put John in prison. And what that tells us as we read through the, the, uh, the Gospel of Luke is that not everything is chronological as we're reading it. Because as we see here, we see John speaking in verses 15 to verse 20. He's, he's talking to the people about whether or not he's the Christ. And then all of a sudden we see this, we see this break. Excuse me, from 15 to 18 and then from 19 and 20 we see this break where all of a sudden there's a discussion of Herod in prison. But then right after that, we see the baptism of Jesus with John the Baptist. A lesson learned here is that the Gospels don't run chronologically. That might be a simple lesson for most of us. But maybe not all of us understood that. As we read through the New Testament, particularly the Gospels, you're often reading them uh, in different chronological order. There's going to be vignettes that are shown here and then shown here, and they've sometimes been coupled for reasons and for purposes. But take note that the Gospels are not always laid out chronologically. And also take note that John was calling out the ruler's of the day. That's significant. That's significant. In fact, you, you go uh, look at the Old Testament and you consider the prophets of old and what was one of their primary duties. One of their primary tasks time and time again w- was to call out the kings and the rulers of Israel, of their own people. And we have a, a culture today that... Uh, you know, when, uh, when, when leaders are called out, when the president or, or Congress or, or a governor or a local leader is called out, uh, there's often this uh, desire to, to squelch it and say, you know, let's, let's be politically correct. Let's, let's, uh, let's squelch all dissent. Uh, you know, you shouldn't be talking like that. You, you know, whether you're a pastor or, or a Christian leader of, a, of, of an organization, they say, you know, you, you shouldn't have that voice. You shouldn't talk like that. Oh, Really? It's fascinating that riddled throughout Scripture are Christian leaders who call out rulers when they sin. When they sin. We can have difference of of policy. We can have difference of how things get accomplished in a nation. There's differences. And those are not always worthy of being called out because we're not dealing with a matter of sin. But when it comes to sin... Christian leaders, pastors, Christian presidents of universities, leaders in the, 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 the public square who, who give a defense for the Christian worldview, if they're not calling out the leaders of our nation, they're not doing part of their job. Amen? Amen. So next time you hear criticism by a Christian leader of a ruler or political leader, consider, is this a matter of sin? Is this a matter of sin or is this difference of opinion? Ought they be using their, their bully pulpit, so to speak, to address this issue? Or maybe should they have reserved it for something a little bit more significant? 
These are things to consider. But take a look at verse 15. Verse 15, Now all the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John the Baptist, whether he was the Christ or not. I just want to stop right there. Um, we get, uh, again, we get an impression uh, right here that, uh, that you know, this is uh, just kind of a normal happening in, uh, in John's life. Uh, you know, people are just kind of talking and wondering who he is and, and trying to understand the nature of his ministry. Remember, John the Baptist is, is at the Jordan River. Remember that there have been throngs of people going to him. Not just a few. We, sometimes we get the impression there's just a few hundred people that were listening to him. No, no, no. The Gospel of Luke and Matthew and Mark back this up. They say that all the land of Jerusalem, all the land of Judea, all the surrounding regions went to John at the Jordan to hear him, including the, many of the religious and political leaders of the day. They were all going. And as they went, one of the most significant questions on their mind was this in verse 15. Is John the Christ? Is John the Messiah? Could this be the one? Stop and think about that for just a moment. Imagine, imagine that uh, you had risen up in uh, popularity and fame and power. Something just, boom, just set, sent you to the top. And all of a sudden, everyone's eyes were on you. And people were just coming in throngs to see you, to hear from you, to listen to you because of the significance of what you were doing. Imagine what that might do to your psyche, to your person. If all of a sudden, in a matter of days and weeks, there were throngs and throngs of people clamoring to be in your presence. Boom, just like that. John went from being a desert wanderer eating locusts to one of the most talked about people in the entire region. I want to read a short excerpt from a book uh, commenting on this point. This is a, a portion of one of Zane Hodge's old sermons uh, on Luke chapter 3. And I thought it was so significant. I wanted to read it to you. Remember that just a short while ago, John the Baptist was a desert hermit and almost nobody in Israel had heard of him. Suddenly, like a meteor flashing across the nighttime sky, John had become the most popular preacher in the land of Palestine. Great crowds were streaming out from all parts of the land of Palestine to hear him preach. Great multitudes were submitting to him in baptism. The name of John was on everybody's lips. The question that was in everybody's hearts was this, could this man be the promised deliverer? Could John the Baptist be the Savior and the King that God has promised to send to Israel? Please understand that if John had wanted to play that role, 
he could have played it well. His popularity would have gone straight his popularity would have gone straight through the roof. At this time, Israel was a restless nation. The people seethed under the hatred rule of the Roman Empire and dreamed about the coming of Messiah who would lead them to political independence and greatness once again. All that John would have to do was to drop a few broad hints that he was the man they were waiting for. Overnight, he would have been the number one man in Israel. Overnight, he would have been the most powerful person in all of Palestine. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Hodges writes, I know what some of you are thinking. You are thinking, well, that was a very special and unique kind of temptation that could only come to a man like John the Baptist. It really doesn't relate to me at all. Do not kid yourselves. This is the same kind of temptation that comes to all of us. It just happened to come to John the Baptist on a larger scale. It is not uncommon at all for people or an individual in a Christian church to want to play the role of the most powerful person in the church. Believe me, it is not always the pastor. It is not uncommon for an individual in a church to want to play the role of the most spiritual person, the most respected personal worker, the greatest prayer warrior, the best Sunday school teacher, the best husband, father, wife, mother, on and on it goes. There are so many roles to play as there are people in a church like ours. He goes on to write, So there it was, an opportunity of a lifetime for John the Baptist, a chance to play the role of the Christ of God. Can you just hear the beguiling voice of Satan speak to John's heart saying, come on John, this is the way to hit the big time. This is your ticket to superstardom. Face it John, aren't you getting a little tired of this dreary existence out here in the desolate wilderness? What you need is a little rest and relaxation down in the capital city, down in Jerusalem. You'll rub shoulders with kings with high priests and leaders of the people. If they think you're the Christ, they're going to wine and dine you. I guarantee it, John. Once you've tasted some of their food and drink, you'll never want to go back to eating locust and wild honey. Face it, John. Wise up. You only go around once in life and you sure have to grab it as it goes by. Sound familiar? Sure it does. Please do not think that such thoughts did not go through the mind of John the Baptist. He would not have been human if they did not go through his mind. The devil would not have been the devil if he had not suggested that to John. But listen to me. You will never read or hear words spoken by a human being that are greater than the words that are spoken here by John the Baptist. He references verses 16, 17. And he says this. I want to give you a pre-translation of these words. John says, Why are you looking at me? I am only baptizing you in water. I'm telling you that there's someone coming very soon who is so much greater than I so much mightier than I. If he were standing in front of us, I do not even deserve to bend down to his feet and unloose the strap of his sandal. Do you folks think 
that my water baptizing ministry is a big deal? Well, it isn't. This person knows how to baptize. And he's either going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit or baptize you with fire. Fire of judgment. You folks need to understand that I don't determine the eternal destination of any one of you, but this person does. In fact, this nation is like the threshing floor and the winnowing fan, winnowy fan of His Word. He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. The saved believers are going to be gathered into His kingdom like the wheat gathered into a barn. The unsaved believers are going to be cast like chaff into the unquenchable fires of eternal hell. Wow. Two last paragraphs. Wow. You think about stepping out of the spotlight and turning the focus on someone else. Those words are an absolute masterpiece. John is saying, look folks, do you think I'm important? Do you think my ministry is important? You don't know what's important. Here's what's important. It's the coming one, our true Messiah and King. Be honest with me, will you? Are you ever tempted to forget what's really important in life? Well, it's not about you. It's not about your personal affairs. It's not even about the work you do for God, as significant as it might be. Here's what's important. It is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior and our Lord. If you ever forget that reality, you'll be play-acting in the church before you can count to ten. It's longer than I remembered it, I'm sorry. But that spoke uh, very powerful to me. We, uh, we think of John the Baptist as not having such thoughts. Such thoughts of, uh, hey, in a moment, in a, in a turn on a dime, I could say, I'm the Messiah. And immediately have fame and fortune right in front of me. John was given on a platter the opportunity to say, are you Messiah? And the people would have believed him because they were already talking about it. He was given on a platter the opportunity for the greatest power and fame and popularity and notoriety. And he took it and was tempted by it because he was human. And he took it and he considered in his heart how he might respond. And he responded by saying, I want none of this power. I want none of this fame. I want none of this notoriety. I want it all going to my Lord Jesus Christ. He pushed it all away. Tempted, tempted to accept it. He threw it away and said, look at Jesus, not me. And then something crazy happened. Verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. 
Turn back to Matthew 3. I want to read Matthew's account just for a moment. Look at Matthew 3 of the same account. Matthew's account, also in uh, chapter 3 of Matthew. Following John, pushing away the power that was his to take. This is his interaction with Jesus, according to Matthew's account. 3.13 Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan River to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent Jesus, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you? And are you coming to me? I need to be baptized by you. And you come to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him. And Jesus was baptized. John pushes the power away. The people are clamoring for him to simply accept that that he is the Christ. He could have done it. Instead, he pushed it away. And immediately thereafter, in comes Jesus. And in that same line of thinking, John's like, Jesus, you know what? Why am I baptizing you? I've just told the people, this is not mine. This is not my power. This is not my fame. This is not, I'm not the Son of God. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Christ. You are. Who am I to baptize you? And yet Jesus looks upon John and and, uh, we, we see what he said there according to Matthew. Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. I venture to say that were we a fly on, uh, on the river of the Jordan that day, Jesus would have gone on to elaborate. John, I want to align myself with people who push away power that's right before them. Jesus says to John, I want to align myself and I want people to see that I am being baptized by you, a man who had everything right in front of him and said, no, 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 this is God's. This is not mine. This is the Lord's. I do this only for him. Jesus was interested in giving legitimacy to the ministry of John the Baptist because John the Baptist took the power of his ministry and said, this is all, all of it. It's for the Lord. It's not for me. Lesson for us today. Whatever power you have now or whatever um, opportunity and power and popularity you might have later, consider how you'll use it. Consider how the greatest prophet of all, according to Jesus, used it. 
And then consider how Jesus, as John pushed it away, consider how Jesus ran straight at him and said, that's the man I want to have baptized me. What a use of power. What a use of his prestige, his name, his notoriety. Will we use our name, our namesake, in that way to bring glory to God? If we do, he will run to us and say, this is the people that I want to be with, that I want to use. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, O Lord, we thank you, God, for... uh, this time in your word. We thank you for just a short uh, word of truth that penetrates. Lord, uh, we want to be a people that responds to the power that you give us and gives it right back to you. Puts it right back in your hands and says, this is for your glory, God, not mine. This is your fame, not mine. We know that you will run to people such as that, God, as your son Jesus went to John, sought out John to be baptized by him, not anyone else, but by him, because he was a man who understood how to use the power that you afforded to him. Lord, may we, as people and as a church, imitate that pattern. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.